Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of March 2020 and I really sincerely hope you're managing to cope through all the mayhem and chaos that's come upon all of us in uh, <laughs> some would say a predictable fashion I suppose other ones who like to stay in denial uh, think that things are just going as usual but believe you me, when government, they're always criticising about and so on, gets moving on something to do on a wartime footing. Remember, that's the key to his wartime footing. Just like China mentioned it, that the only way they could manage it is a wartime scenario footing, where you just obey your superiors and get on with it, or else that's just how it happens. And we saw the troops in the streets and police in the streets and things like that dealing with uh, curfews, basically, and everyone had to self-isolate pretty well in some of the big cities and were allowed out only on a certain day each. Each, each grouping knew their, their day for going shopping for the groceries and so on, and then back to their isolation. That's really how it, it takes. And then, of course, we saw the same thing getting unrolled yesterday or the day before in the States, and Canada's got something similar eventually when it catches up, I think, because Canada really seems to be following, waiting to see what the States does to follow uh, suit, basically. Although, mind you, too, Justin Trudeau has kind of changed his tune a little bit when his wife has said to have come down with it after a trip, the coronavirus, after a trip to London. So who knows? Who really knows? I take everything with a pinch of salt sometimes, which is a healthy way to be, especially when you've read and you've looked at all the different session meetings they had at Johns Hopkins and Bill Gates scenario meeting last year to do with possible outbreaks of coronavirus and how they'd manage it. They had all kind, all the strategies you're seeing put in place were discussed then. And what they did wasn't an unusual and uh, unique type of scenario, what they projected would happen if it ever broke out. Every country really has this, uh, has this type of thing. Um, laid out two step by step of trying to contain things and so on, and mitigate spread, etc., and they go through step by step until they end up with a form of martial law. Back, we forget that back in the Cold War, especially in Britain and European countries, they had civil defense systems set up that really had been on the go since World War II, really. They came from the old uh, air raid warden, special police, and it sort of evolved after that. And when the Cold War got really going, and there was a threat of nuclear annihilation, we were told over and over. If it wasn't that, it was financial chaos. So it was some kind of chaos, you know. And they had the civil defense uh, who were set up uh, in every, every little community, really, uh, often kind of invisible to the public, but sometimes you could see them practicing, and they had worked out their... Their, their strategies for managing each area and parts of each county or shire. And that's what's going on today. Same thing, they, they did away with the old, the old civil defence system, but they can quickly reconstruct it again to get this going. And town councillors and so on are on boards and they had their, their little hideouts set up too in case it ever really spread into a terrible pandemic. Because see, again, the big fear is that something like this can mutate, mutate, mutate into something much worse, you see, with each, each person who's in, who gets infected, at least a bit of their DNA uh, on the, the, the viruses that leave them, 
And it truly is a robber, as they say, the, the virus is a robber, as it takes bits and pieces off your DNA system and, uh, and spreads it around. And out of that, too, can come a new thing, or it can die off, you see. And that's what they're waiting to see. However, there are so many, uh, so many fingers in the pie, you might say, or dogs in the fight, you often wonder what to believe, because there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I've always said that I was never afraid of atomic warfare. If it happened, it happened. But the, the big fear was more of deliberate exposure to, to things that would be released from to the public. Not because I was imagining things, because I read about the, all the declassified stuff on biowarfare over many, many, many years. And then you, you couple that with the, the eugenicists who are always out there trying to convince us just to quietly die, you know. And there's too many people, you see. There's too many old people. And remember, too... The whole idea for technocracy-type-run systems on behalf of those at the top, the true transhumanists, the term that was coined by Aldous Huxley's brother, Julian, who, he said that transhumanists, meaning we, he says we, you know, basically we at the time, the true scientific elite who ran all kinds of sciences, the, human, the, the social sciences, the psychology and behavioral, all these sciences, and, and then chemistry and biochemistry and so on. We are the true elite, he said, and, and that's, he really was reiterating what George Bernard Shaw said before him, in fact, with Man and Superman and various other actual speeches he gave apart from just the books and novels. So this is an old idea, you see, that there's, there's the right kind of people and the wrong kind of people, and their, their goal was always to have a world which they owned, uh, a true world governmental system with a vastly reduced population. And I don't want you to just go fear-mongering here, but you understand, if you're looking at what is, you, you, anyone who calls you a fear-monger is an ostrich with their head stuck in the ground. Because these people exist. They have annual meetings, a lot of them, the present-day transhumanists. They're so evolved, you see, that they have, they have to look up. They have to get outside the little emotional boxes we're all in and see the big picture and do the right things, even though it's hard sometimes for, for people to understand why they must do things that are rather awful and so on. Uh, in other words, you're seeing the legitimization of the worst horror tyrants in history being put across in such a pleasant way you don't recognize what it is when it's under the mesmerizing halo and inside the protective armor of politicized science. Don't forget, too, that some of the top players always said that, that we'd lose all our rights gradually, piece by piece, for the drive for efficiency as you toss religion out the window, which, again, and you keep forget, people don't realize that religion was a bulwark against tyranny to an extent because it gave you basically human rights by God, you see. And governments hated that because no matter what you think about it, the people themselves could always say to crowns and governments, hey, you can't do this. It's against the law of God, you see, meaning the law for looking after humanity. You understand? You toss it out the window, and there's no laws left here. There's basically the scientists with, with their beautiful, um, trained persuaders who persuade you into simply giving up. That's it, you see. And I think there's a movie. It was, it was um, Saving Private Ryan, and someone said to me, it's like, it's like the, the, the bit near the end where, where the American troops go in to, to this little town, 
and it's, it's heavily shelled and all that. And one of the American troops goes up a stairs, a stair run to a church tower, I think it was. Up at the top, there's, there's a guy, a German, who they previously caught, and they'd let go eventually somehow, or he'd escaped. And anyway, the German is trying to get the knife into the American soldier. And he is pushing down heavily and heavily, and it's not in you. And he's, he said, just give up. Just give, it's quite painless once it happened. Just give up. Well, that's, that's how this system is, isn't it? When you watch people be, be made... Again, there's a star-making machine uh, that sets up scientists. They give, they, they give them the star, you know, the star creation show sort of thing. Uh, the same kind of techniques that they use to make anybody, a singer or whatever, even a nobody, which most of them are actually, into what we call stars. They do the same with scientists. So the people will follow scientists and obey them and think, well, they're so clever. Uh, they can't be all wrong, you see. I'll follow the clever guy. Which means immediately you're tossing your own brain out the window and thinking this guy knows more than you. This is how simple it is for people to be manipulated by an elite which they really don't understand at all. They think they do, but they don't. I've given so many countless talks at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and they're in the archives on my website. And I should really say off the bat before I do forget this, don't forget to go into CuttingThroughMatrix.com and take a list of all the other sites I have listed there, my official sites. In case during all of this everything gets pulled, maybe some other ones will stay up, you see. Because we're going through this kind of martial law type scenario. Whether you like it or not, or how real or not it is, makes no difference. It's a massive uh, test of it all. And those at the top really certainly have wanted a test for a long time. So make a note of them all, all those, those links, because as I say, I've given I've so many talks on this very topic for years, long ago in fact through different scenarios, through the, the SARS one and through the, the swine flu and the H1N1 and the H5N1, so all these different outbreaks that, that we've, been, we've been told to be terribly afraid of right up to the present. And, and so much documentation really is included there to do with this particular scenario. We have the people at the top, as I've mentioned it before, keeping there's just too many of you. Prince Philip is a great one for saying it. He's given speeches on it at, at the various Sierra clubs and, and, and so many associations he's, he's the head of. And he's given them open, open to, never mind talking about the wishes of virus in his book and come back and kill all the people. You know, they, these people are not kidding. I hope you understand, they're not kidding. It's our disbelief that, that allows tyranny and hell to emerge uh, down through history. That's how it's always been. We, we, say, oh, we, we know what they say, that, but they don't really mean it. We, we, we say that automatically, but they don't really mean it, you know. And then if you, if you really push them and something who's like, oh, they don't mean it, you say, well, why, why don't they mean it? And why wouldn't it happen? Well, well somebody would stop them. Well, who's somebody, huh? You know, someone who, who even gives that kind of answer means they, they go, they're not going to try to do anything to stop anything. But they expect someone else to do it for them. That doesn't happen that way. How many folk have died through history, through horrible circumstances, by governments, by the way, often, who hoped that to the bitter end that someone would come forward and help them? Think about that. So here we are, as I say, with, with this kind of scenario. So, yeah, 
I've, I've then given so many talks about them and the different people involved, including the professors in Australia that get launched every every year to the same ones who get world airtime and push it across the globe, to, like trial balloons to, and to film, and also familiarisation balloons, because they familiarise you with the idea. Uh, this is too many of you. Maybe you should just retire early, taking the the easy way out, the fast way out, and and let the government use the monies that you've saved up or whatever for their big agendas or maybe their paychecks or whatever. You know, the, the world is a very nasty place, folks. It's only the bulk of the ordinary decent people that makes it work. <laughs> That's a fact, because those who go for power. Never mind for the fact they're generally, they're generally promoted by one or maybe three institutions worldwide that pick the people for leadership of all parties. And the people who, who they pick, are, are, they'll do anything they're told for their high masters, for, for the power that they're going to appear to portray or carry. And they also love ad, the adoration and the clapping of, of public. They, they, they're, they love power. You see, they're psychopathic. And that's so true. Very, very true. Well, We've done diagnoses of different ones of them with doing the, using the psychopathic scale. Uh, and you look at Tony Blair and many other ones too, a man who literally tells you the, tr- the truth according to him when he's asked about what he did. The one man banned with all his hand-waving and lies to get Britain into the war against Iraq, for instance. And Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11, but it didn't matter. You know, they don't mind lying and taking whole countries into war, and, and then handing you the bill as they get rewarded well by their paymasters at the top, way above you. It's horrible, really. We, we almost, we're always taught, for those who still study history and ancient history, that tyrants and tyrannies, even in ancient times, which were just awful, awful. Ter- but we can't have them in this day and age because they don't wear breastplates and carry short swords today. They, they wear suits and ties and and they, they have briefcases and things, you see. Folk can't quite compute. And they use marketing companies to create an image for them like any other star, you see. That's how it's done. But yeah, they, they keep crying. There's too many of you in the Georgia Guidestones and etc., etc. It's quite amazing how, how little people really understand about all of this, including those who follow the organizations that set up the Georgia Guidestones. How little they they understand it either. (laughs) They think they're so superior, but eventually their bosses will tell them as well, you're expendable too. Uh, Julian Huxley said that, by the way. Aldous' brother, Julian, said, there are many people who will help us achieve our ends. Meaning, this strange, on behalf of the ultra-elite and wealthy of his day, this socialistic world system for control. It's the best way control focus through this idea of socialism and to use them, actually, and even train them to obey, you see. It's much better than pretending that you're just money-grabbing capitalists. So you really have the capitalists that gave you socialism. Why do you think the top communists in America and other countries were all millionaires and multimillionaires, some of them? Some of them billionaires today, so Huxley said that, he said, so all those who help us, they, they think they're going to come through into this new, a new age, you see, where everything's perfected and all the, the useless eaters pretty well have been killed off, just like Bertrand Russell, another member of it, who talked about useless eaters and efficiency was to be the key. But then he said, he said, so, so but many of those who helped to bring it about will then to find out that they don't, we don't need them either. 
He was quite blatant, clear about it. Exactly the same kind of uh, talk that Yuri Bezmenov gave on the communists of his day, or socialists, call them what you want, you see. We get mixed up with titles. You don't realize what titles really are. It's meant to deceive you. <laughs> That's what they're for. And you're, you're always, they're always giving you the idea of what a title is. You know, this is a communist, this is a fascist, this is a capitalist, etc. And it's so deceptive, isn't it? Because it truly is. Uh, you, you've got the capitalist communists, and, and in Britain and elsewhere, you've got the communist capitalists. It's, it's quite an amazing system. Because that's what it is, isn't it? So we're living through a system where you're trained not to understand. You're trained to, to be always be a child. I, I give talks long, maybe 20, 25 years ago. I talks about children and history. And you don't realize that, that childhood as such, as we know it, didn't exist even in the, in the 1800s for most of it. it really didn't exist. Children weren't, weren't seen to be, they were seen to be uh, immature people. That's, uh, that's as far as it really went. They didn't have a life of uh, uh, like 10 years of playing, uh, especially in the, in the lower class families too, that they worked even down, they might not live past 15 or 20, but they were put down mines and all kinds of terrible uh, places to, to earn money for the, for the elite of the day. And they really didn't have the childhood. They didn't have Christmases full of toys, 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 uh, and so on. Um, it just didn't happen that way. They didn't have children's fashions, for instance, because the children didn't have the cash then. There weren't a marketing uh, section to make money on at the time. That didn't come really until the, really the 20th in the mid part of that really in, in Europe. So you don't realize that childhood, it's a serious business for most, most folk across Europe, especially in Britain and the countries that were so-called industrialized. And people just drifted through that and, and their work as a child into adulthood and, and got married and had other children and they, they were, had to be responsible for the family and so on. This was just the way it was, a routine, routine, routine. And nothing much changed from generation to generation, really, for a long time. Today's youth are kept, they're taught to just have everything. There's no restrictions on what they're going to do, you see. Lots of sex, don't worry about the state. The state will take care of the problems and that comes out of it all. And they don't actually, they can't, because if you get certain VDs, venereal diseases, some of them you can't treat anymore. They admit that. However, they don't want to really push that idea. I used to wonder why they kept showing you from about the 50s and 60s onwards. We see the movies. It was sex, 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 you see. Hypersexualize them all until you have hypersexualized adults and even hypersexualized older people. Um, as long as they didn't have children, that was fine. That's what it was pushed, you see, to, to destroy the system and bring everything down uh, so that another group could dominate you. The, tr- the ones who see themselves as the true masters, you understand. And that's how the world is. But they also want a, a world where, again, you, you take inner, the religions out the window because kings, as kings, kings were told often by priests and counselors and ministers, you can't, you can't do this and you can't do that. And why can't I? Well, because it's against the laws of God. Because, see, the people, ordinary folk had no other law standing, <laughs> standing up for them at all. And with the great propaganda through the 20th century into the present century, folk really think that they're free. But they don't have, they don't even have some of the rights that were well understood 
by folk in certain sections and segments of the 20th century. They don't know that. They really think they've got it all, simply because they've got lots and lots of sex and they get drunk and, and they get a good supply of cheap drugs and so on. And they think that's what life's about. As you have the rise of the people behind it, as you're stoned and you're drunk and you and, and there's these people saying, yeah, there's too many of you. And, and you can, they all laugh. <laughs> Who's he talking about? It's not me, surely. And then, of course, we, we, we saw the... And I did the talks years ago when they introduced euthanasia into, into initially Holland, you know. And it, again, it's always put across in, in a wonderful kind of caring fashion initially. It's really for the elderly who, who really have terminal illnesses and... And they can, it's the persuaders are so wonderful, really, uh, they can do it with, with even just a little bit, not much background music when they're persuading. Well, isn't this wonderful? It's very much, very much like Soylent Green. Soylent Green, remember, was put out to the people as an anti-human message by the elite. Uh, the author himself was approached by them. He admits that, and he was asked to write something uh, uh, to do with too many people and the wrong kinds of people, the useless eaters that Russell talked about. And he, uh, he in the book, was actually initially called um, Make Room, Make Room. The world has no more room, basically. That was how they pushed it. They didn't have the environmental thing so much down pat back then, so they, or climate change back then, so they, so they used just too many people. Look at y'all. And when I was growing up, they kept showing the same, like, crowded places, like in, in Calcutta or something. I said, my God, you know how they... But, but they're surely trying to get the message across. There's too many people. You, you take the size of India as an example. Do you realize that most of it is, is big, wide open space, rolling hills and jungles and things without people in it? They all concentrate in a few cities. But you wouldn't know that growing up. You think, my God, the, the whole land, inch, every inch is covered for what you're watching with people. How, how you can be deceived, eh? perception management. Nothing's changed in that direction, really, or that area. So anyway, you, you, have, you have that going on well today. It's too many of you. Too many of you. Uh, so just give up and get persuaders out who say, well, just like Soylent Green, you see. And in Soylent Green, the, the reader, as he was called, I think, each, each cop and person who worked for government had a, had a reader who could read everything and keep them up to scratch with, with what was going on. And um, Charlton Heston played the, the cop. One day he goes home and his reader's gone. The reader's an older fellow, of course. And he's gone. He was just fed up with it all and got depressed. And when you got depressed and you thought, well, I'm old and I've nothing to live for, and even if you're not terminally ill or whatever, you go into this place and they would put you on a, on a stretch, on a, on a table, and, a, and you have a big circular room and the beautiful music, classical music would play. You know, they actually had tunes then. You could remember what it was like. And um, melodies and things like that. Odd, isn't it? And you just have beauty. You saw beauty. Even in the music, that beauty, of course, and that's all gone now, too. And you, you, around the walls, you would see wildlife and animals jumping, and, and, and so it was a wonderful way to, to and you see the, you see the reader, uh, he's, he's, or the book, there's something to call him the book, uh, watching all this as he's, as he's slowly dying off. The beautiful music in the background, you see. Same thing as as as, as the blade getting pushed into the soldier, you know. They just give up. You know, it's, it's quite painless once it's done. 
and you get these persuaders. Don't you just have enough of living? Aren't you fed up with all the bad news? <laughs> I really think about that too, eh? All the bad news. And here's the guys I'll do it for you. Because now that they've introduced uh, these things, you, of course, after a few years later, you've got all kinds of things happening, and they've, they've expanded it. It's always do. You, you see, whenever they put something across in a wonderful way, we're trying to help people. And you well, I guess so. I wouldn't like to have that happen to me either. I wouldn't want to just stay alive and to the bitter end. And, and, and neither you should, if they just give you the proper painkillers. You can last for quite a few years, you know, and have a, a, some fulfillment in life left, if they would give you. But no, start taking all those medications away. Let you have a bit more pain and, and show you terrible pictures of folk in pain. And, and you might just say, okay, give me that 25 cent, you know, whatever it is, and shot and the cheap way to go. And that's you. Hmm? And then they expand it. Well, you know, there's folk, some people are just depressed, teenagers, maybe we should just help them. And that's happening too, you see, that's the next step. That happened in Holland as well. And, and Canada follows, because we're progressive, you see. We, we progress down to the Georgia Guidestones, <laughs> as we were progressing to. And everything that was, remember, I've said this so many times, very important to understand. Everything that was must be destroyed. Everything that was must be destroyed to bring in the new. This is the old occultic uh, terminology from long ago that the world was left imperfect by the deity. For those who don't know this yet, the deity, right? So the people who are at war with the deity, who who you might not understand the people actually at war with the deity, gave you masonry and so on. And their job is to perfect all that the builder left imperfect. That's which is everything. According to them, well, this is imperfect. Man is imperfect. Woman's imperfect. Everyone's imperfect. And the body's imperfect. The way you do it, you completely rebuild all that too. And, and the symbols are all around you, if you understand what the symbology is. Most folk really don't. They might get the lower mean, meanings, but there's a, a whole bunch of meanings. But as I mentioned before a few weeks ago, the, what do you think the, the obelisk is? It's the phallus sticking out of the earth in, in, our, in defiance to the deity. That's what it symbolizes. They're showing the deity looking down, the perfection of that which you're seeing, which is pushing up through the earth, that, that which comes from the earth, you see. To perfect all that the builder left imperfect and, and defiance. And through all the revolutionary movements associated with the, with the usual societies, uh, you, you see it uh, in all their, their, their writings consistently. Same agenda, same agenda, same agenda. And the folk don't get it. They never will get it, unfortunately, most of them, because they're, they're domesticated. Remember what Charles Galton Darwin said, that the guy who worked on the Manhattan Project of the, of the Darwin family and with the, the bomb. He said, he's talking on behalf of the elite. The Next Million Years was his book. And he, he got lauded by all the, the, the top newspapers of his day because they all worked for the same elitist group in the Rottenship for International Affairs, CFR type thing. And he said that, he said, the world is run by us. We run the world. And like the captains of the ship, you see the ship's earth. And uh, he said, we are the wild men. Now, the wild men are transhumanists, for those who don't understand, when you jump to Julian Huxley, it's part of the same group, you see. 
the wild men, actually they're related in some ways too, but the, the wild men are unrestricted by moral codes. They, they'll do things and get away with it, which would horrify you. People who are domesticated are horrified all the time about that. Oh, don't do that. Oh, that's terrible. Don't destroy this. Don't destroy it. Ah, well, those who say it must be done, the pain will be felt for a while, but they go on to the next phase, it's going to be better for you. They're always giving you better tomorrows with utopias, you know, that you can work generations to achieve and never get there. But that doesn't matter. Uh, they, they'll, they'll make the hard decisions. The hard decisions. Don't forget, Julian was a complete eugenicist who kept going and kept alive the whole Darwinian school of, of uh, Darwinian evolution and, and eugenics. You look it up yourself. And they believed in fear types would all have to be destroyed. But you'd use them like, like, like a ship, like a rocket ship with the, the different boosters and the rocket, three stages, say, or four stages. And, and as it pushes you up further up to out, out from the earth, one the, the boosters falls away and the next one takes over. You see, you've seen the old, old, old videos of them. And he, he likened he, that basically that's what it's like. It's, it's, like, it's like the same thing. We are the boosters. To, to, to launch the elite off into to the future world that they're building. And we are supposedly just as, as unknowing and unthinking as the booster rocket. We have a useful purpose, and that's it. Expendable. So we're, we're living through that, and we have all these, these people who are glorified by the elite. And those in universities are, oh, they just want to worship them for what great brains they had. Bringing it back to Julian, back to uh, Charles Gordon Darwin, he said, we are the wild men. We are, again, because they're unrestricted by moral codes. They see what has to be done, and they'll do it. Now, that's the same, that's the same mentality, if you haven't figured that out, of the ones who are lambasted by this, like Adolf Hitler. He said, I see what has to be done, and he went ahead to do it. Before him, and Hitler watched the communists in the Soviet Union, who started that in 1917. The same thing, we know what has to be done, and we do it, and millions would perish because of it. You better understand what we're talking about here. It's the same, the people with the people who have vision, as they call it, eh? They're not clouded by you and your emotion, your little human fallacies, etc., and niceties and, and the moral codes that you have. It's amazing. I didn't mean to start this off as a as a scary kind of talk, but I'm just mentioning. When you realize, you you see what's happening with with the media today. And I've got some articles here where they've set up panels to attack anyone who, who says anything which is not authorized to do with the coronavirus. And it's been happening for a while. You know, it's, you're, certain things you look up, you're setting it, your computer starts stalling you out and timing out and all the rest of it and see what's going on here. It's to try to dissuade you from pursuing whatever you're looking for in the, those particular areas of the virus. And so... You have the authoritarian type characters using this whole thing, as I say, this whole coronavirus things, which already has terrified the people in the West who watched all the stuff happening in China. Huh? And now that we're getting told by the people who told you it was all, all, all the conspiracy nutcases was, it would talk about coming here until they gave the permission for the newspapers to go into overdrive and overdo it and tell you it's going to be maybe even worse in China. Mainly because what I've seen the professors and this and articles by professors here in the West and politicians. Well, it'd be, you know, it'd be very hard to control in the West because you see, China is is a communist system and they all obey 
their governments. They must obey their governments. No choice in it, you see. And only uh, that kind of government could, could mandate everything and everything goes into action and it's done, blah, blah, with more efficiency because you wouldn't get that efficiency in the West where you have human rights, individual liberties and things like that. You get in the picture. Hmm? And so in other words, you, you folk in the West who are salivating at the thought of getting powers like China has, has demonstrated to deal with the coronavirus, you see. Even though we, we, we all watched for, for a couple of months is uh, the U.S. and Canada, as an exa- and Britain, and other countries. But U.S. and Canada, we're, we're still sending cruises back and forth all over the place and bringing aircraft back and forth from all over the place too, uh, which makes you kind of really, well, come on here. You either put in immediately the plans, which is total, basically total barriers. It's a barrier for disease in quarantine, or you kind of have a little bit of quarantine. It doesn't work like that. And then you saw the inkling come out of South Korea, where the head of South Korea at the time said, we're not really going to try to contain the virus. He says it's, it's too late and it can't be done. And he was getting his stuff from the WHO, which meant that was going to be the agenda for the rest of the world from then on, you see. And that's why, obviously, that they, were, they really didn't really go out to stop the thing. Which also, also, as I mentioned before, gives validity to this whole eugenics thing. Because huh? what have you heard for the last two or three weeks now? What have you heard, eh? You've heard, as I mentioned before, I used to give talks on, on, on the bioethicists that came along, who suddenly appeared maybe 10, 15, or 15 years ago, and uh, again, made them to be stars for television articles and, and newspapers, just out of the blue. Just suddenly, they, they, they used his personality time. They always create them as personalities, you see, and have them on shows to, to, to put their profound knowledge of bioethics, you see, how we should be behaving and doing, and right down to profound things like, you know, should we kill old grandpa off or not? That kind of thing. But in the nicest possible way, you see, that's what they're trained to do. And so these bioethicists have persuaded you, you see, that uh, the world is a bit more complex and, and your human emotions can be the wrong things at time, you know, to, to, be, to be using for your judgment. It's not efficient to use emotion for judgment. And then, as I say, for the last few weeks, you've heard them come forward and, and say, you know, um, look, at, look at Italy. Well, Italy's already in the next part of the emergency planning, which we're going to go into too. And, and which is, um, we don't have enough uh, of treatment uh, medications to treat our beds, for that matter, to treat the people. So I'm afraid lots of them will just have to die at home. Well, that's what you saw through China. More of them are dying at home than in hospitals, for those who didn't know that. This is the agenda worldwide, eh? And to get you used to it, even if this is a big one or not the big one, we don't know. But yeah, that's for, it's, going to, it's preparing you, your mind for the future, too. And to also to lessen the value of life. Well, I guess so, you know. And, and what you hear too from, from the same experts. Well, you know, uh, don't worry, young people. They even had, I think, the, one of the, 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 the generals for health or whatever they use in the States there, uh, who's behind Bush, come forward and say, he says, you know, he says, don't worry about it. The young people, you'll be fine with it. And it's, you know, how, you keep repeating it. It's just the older folk who, who might get, in other words, okay, it's okay that older folk can get killed off with this, this thing that shouldn't have been out there maybe in the first place. Hmm? 
Or maybe the folks should start suing like crazy for the government to stall and stall and stall the full quarantine measures, which which will be responsible for killing people. Think about it that way instead, eh? You should be thinking it that way. Because you've been told that, yeah, we're going to basically the old ones that are expendable, right from the book of eugenics. Yeah, you've served your time. Just do the right thing and die off, you know, and leave your pensions and all the other money to, to the governments who can use it for wars and, you know, things like that. Hmm? Or payoffs. This is the real world, folks. I don't mince words. I've never thought ever that this world, and I never believed that the world is, is just up front with their suits and ties and their wonderful titles and... Psychopaths are the greatest folk for making you like them. I hope you understand that. They're so pleasant to everybody. That's how they use people. Hmm? That's how they use folks. But as I say, here we are in a system in the West with euthanasia. Uh, they've already said, don't worry, it's older folk or folk with underlying conditions that might just die of it. And then they come out and say, the people, there's going to be a lot of folk dying here. It's, they've already told you it's the older folk. And so, well, there you go. And and the rest of you will, will nod you. Well, I guess so. Well, it gives all the younger folk a chance. Well, wait a minute here. If it wasn't for this virus, this particular one, the, these older folk or folk with underlying conditions might last in their 10, 15, 20 years for you now. Well, have good life, huh? Think about it that way. And get back, getting back to eugenics and the founders of it all that tell you a lot more truth than they do today. Because we're far open about very, very, very few people read their books back then, like Bernard Shaw. He, he, he said that when he says, when we're in ascendancy, we rule, he says, you'll have to come to us to explain. He's talking about everybody of every age group, eh? Hmm? You'll have to come to us to explain why we should keep you alive. Huh? You better start thinking here, folks, because like all agendas, the expanse, you know, euthanasia, okay, for the terminally ill, oh, now it's just for old folk. Maybe they're getting senile, eh? And maybe they've got some wills sitting there and relatives that are just dying to get their hands on it. It's quite easy to get a doctor to decide, you know, da, 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 da. that's already happened in cases, folks. And then you go on to the next phase, too, of, oh, we're depressed. That child's depressed. Just, you know. Do you know how many teenagers go through a bit of depression? Almost all of them. Think about it that way. And I can remember, for as long as I can remember, this utter fake nonsense of baby, baby boomers, they called them. Hmm? Folk born uh, after World War Two, within 10, 20 years span, baby boomers. Well, they, they had no babies before in history. Eh? They just lost stacks of people, maybe millions of folk across Europe in two world wars. Mil- actually millions, even the first one and the second one. But yeah, well, baby, bad, bad baby boomers. Eh? And then they tell you, you have less children. So the, the populations have less children. They'll get, they get the pill dished out to them for free in the National Health Service in Britain. For a lot of them, that was for free. Uh, but then, don't have children. So you don't have children. Then they tell you they to do mass migration to get a work for Who's kidding who here? Huh? Do you see how you're getting played, played and played? And believe you me, for all those folk who think they're replacing you, they'll get their turn as well. Everybody gets used in turn here. Because there is such a thing as a, a global structural system here running the show. The giants, you know, the Olympians, uh, they got a whole bunch of names to give to themselves. And they tra- always train the power. Oh, that's fine, we'll be okay. I- I've got articles here where a lot of youngsters who can't go to university right now have been offered all these cheap holiday airline flights for students across the world 
to different places, very, very cheap. So they're going to start doing that, and we'll be okay, we won't get ill with it. But there'll be carriers, you understand. There's your selfishness creeping in. Oh, yeah, I'll enjoy myself, but so what? You know, They're never going to get old. Eh? When, you're, when you're 18 or 20, you're never going to get old. That's for other, other creatures, specimens, to, to, but not for you. And all agendas eventually expand, as I say. Expand it to, to the, well, first it's the elderly, then it's senile folk. First, first it's, it's terminal, then it's senility, then it's, oh, just a bit of depression. Uh, this, 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 or maybe it'll eventually come to unemployed. Have you ever thought about that too? Hmm? Things we made so unpleasant and, and awful and, and miserable, you'll get depressed as well. And you might just opt for it, just like I was saying in Soiling Green, the movie. Hmm? I hope you understand what I'm saying here. There's a massive operation underway, and the behaviorists are, are part of it. The ones who manage you, even online, behavior insights teams and so on, to manage your thoughts and what you think, and guide you to conclusions they want you to have about everything. I'm not kidding you. This is your scientific technique of scientific socialism. It's amazing to watch it in action. It is, we're living through the, the planned history. I say they always write the history in advance, you understand. And they, try, they must try and make it appear to the way they want it written in the future but by writing in advance. In advance, it's, it's a formula. They, I like this, if you do it this way and this, then that'll happen, that'll happen. So then, down the road, they can always put it and look back and say, yep, we followed the formula and just put it down as a formula. Which, which would appear to just be happening by itself through chance. That's how things are. Now, I want to put a few articles, not a lot. I'm sure everyone out there has got as many articles as you can handle, more than that, about what's happening with this, this the kind of so-called martial law plans, as I like to call them, emergency plans, same kind of thing, that are getting unrolled all over the place, with glee, actually, because now they can actually try it, you see. And, and sure enough, I mean, I, I thought, but again, <laughs> for those who think your governments are just, in, you're trained to believe they're just incompetent. Nothing happens through incompetence. If there's a big, massive delay in something, it's because they want something to happen, including taking months before they close borders and stop the aircraft coming in and so on. You, you, there's no such thing as a little bit of quarantine. You either do it properly or not at all. You just, I hope you understand. And this is not me saying, this is the, this is the rules. <laughs> this has been for over 100 years. Australia, as I mentioned before, escaped uh, the pretty well completely the, the Spanish flu of, uh, at the end of World War I. By complete quarantine, they didn't let any ships land. They were all off the coast for about a year or more. They wouldn't let anybody in, and they, they saved them. So they know how to do it, and what should be done, and what must be done. And it's not like they have to reinvent uh, the rules for it, for medicine or anything like that. It's all been done long ago. Remember, too, you can buy the books, hopefully, in discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I can sell the discs out quite easily, I think as long as the mail keeps going. And eventually, too, the mail will probably maybe stop, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I know China fumigates its mail, or, or it disinfects its mail. But you think about it, too, if we have so many conflicting stories, if this particular virus can stay on the surface for a few days or more, then uh, with certain mail, uh, you might get it in your mailbox. Who knows? I don't know. It's all been discussed, I know that much. I know that, as I say, they're, they're, they've got trouble down in Toronto area, Pickering, where the workers were terrified. I guess somebody, or maybe more than one person, got it in their, in their sorting offices and they didn't want to go into work, you see. So things will get disrupted as we go through this. There's no doubt about it. So it's a massive exercise for control. 
complete control right down to eventually you'll only be given uh, a permission, maybe in a ration card, who knows, or an ID card, and you must stay within your designated areas or else, you know. That's really where it all eventually going to. So in the meantime, hopefully you can keep me going by buying the books at discouragingnumerius.com and I'll have to get more books printed as well. And I have to get into town if they haven't put the barriers up yet. I can remember years ago talking about the barriers getting set for this kind of thing, where they put the sockets in the roads, at roundabouts and and intersections, the main highway intersection. You, you see the sockets there. And then the last is interesting too, because <laughs> I gave the talks in it, and, and folk wouldn't believe it, and they went and looked, and sure enough, they, they saw them putting these deep sockets in, and that's with these swing gates, you see. And the last two couple of years, I've noticed, especially last year, they started putting them in, the, the, the actual gates in, getting you familiarized with the idea of them, uh, without thinking. I said, we adapt to things without thinking, you see. But I noticed, and I said, oh, that's what's coming along the pike, and bingo, here we are. <laughs> It's, it's quite amazing uh, to, to witness it all. It really is. It's kind of exciting in a way because you understand the planning has gone into so much is happening down through your lifetime for, for things like today, including the wars and stuff like that too, right? I mean, they're hammering Iran as this goes on because you, you get them down when, when they're really on down their knees and they're restricted with food and medicines and all the rest of it, and they've got a plague rushing through their, their country, the, the, the big agenda must try and get fulfilled while they're down. This is warfare, you see. And viral warfare is nothing new either. So it's been, it isn't just discussed. They have departments for biowarfare for those who refuse to, to admit to it. Anyway, here's a few articles here. I've got one from Cross Whitehall Unit. As Whitehall is the big management system for the British for the country, for for Britain, London. The Whitehall unit, that's the government, the GCHQ and all the rest of it. So the, the unit is set up to counter false coronavirus claims. Every country's got their own one set up already, folks. So the DCMS-based unit aims to identify disinformation about virus and establish its scope, right? But it isn't just to, to, to find out, it's to, it's to counter it. So as we knew it, set up the coronavirus related disinformation, including from and from Russia, they say, and China. Right? Have you seen how much disinformation we've got? We've got conflicting answers for everything here from the same sources about everything. Anyway, working closely with social media and companies, that, that's sure. And that all came out too, by the way. But what I'm reading here was already planned and worked and arranged last year, at least last year, because they admitted that at the Johns Hopkins exercise that had with Bill Gates and so on, with the Gates Foundation for coronavirus. They, they said they would have these things set up, they'd already got permission and guarantees from Facebook and all the biggies, all the social media ones, they'll be on board with them to percent total censorship, etc. So how is the Department of Digital Culture is called? Department for Digital Culture, I guess that's what they gave you the finger. Media and Sport, the unit will aim to identify false information being deliberately spread online and to establish its scope, impact, and whether it needs to be actively countered. So it's an intelligence unit, right? Which is going to go after and, and do counterintelligence. Anything they don't agree upon, is they'll, they'll, they'll try to counter it. The Culture Secretary, uh, Oliver Dowden, said defending the country from misinformation and digital interference was a top priority and the expert teams have been brought together to respond to any threats identified. Now, these are the same ones I mentioned before. There's a whole bunch of them working. Thousands of them actually work on, on social media warfare. Warriors, they call them warriors. 
they're paid by the government, trained by the defence departments, and some many private ones too, by the way, work for government. So anyway, it says, uh, yeah, so they're going to work with Facebook and Twitter, both you putting the National Health Service at the top of search results when UK users search for coronavirus. So that's why they, 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 that's why everything else is blocked, and maybe you're blocked too. But it says that hasn't stopped false information spreading online, including the incorrect claim that the antimicrobial sanitizer is not effective against viruses. In fact, alcohol-based gels are effective in killing COVID-19. Do you understand? You've been given another falsity by just basic alcohol-based. Some of these gels have very little alcohol in it. Maybe a, hardly a whiff, you know. And so it goes. Last week, a senior U.S. State Department official, Lee Gabriel, told Congress that Russia was behind swarms of online false personas. It's, it's always Russia, isn't it? Because there's your agenda. The agenda never stops, see? Even if you're coming down to, the, to life and death situations, they make hay while the sun shines. And, and how can you use this disaster to our advantage type of thing, right? Anyway, here you have all the, everything out there. If you think for yourselves, because believe you me, there are no good guys here at all. They're just out there to help you. We're so thick now with, with intelligence, counterintelligence agencies and every level of information before even this happened that it's almost time, almost time to throw the computer away. And I said that years ago, we'd get to that phase. The Queen of England is, is rumored again, a rumor, all the rumors coming out of them, maybe stepped up, should maybe step down. And it's a royal expert. So you even go experts for royalty. What are you an expert? I mean, I'm an expert for royalty. Yes. I write royal stories for the royalty. And they revealed the only way that Prince Charles could take over is to step down. Who knows? Who cares, really, in a sense? And Britain's finished, I'm afraid to say. And it really is finished, you know. And I'm not talking about the system itself, but the people that endured and endured centuries of it and, and fought for it and all the rest of it, even when, the, when it, was, it seemed decent to, decent to fight for it during certain times. This has been thrown away in a dustbin by those who ruled it and took it over, in fact, to an extent. And it's not worth crying over now. The counties in the U.S. have got mitigation effects. The, the different counties in the, in the states already have these, these uh, they're unrolling the martial law type system to slow the spread of the virus in the community and so on. You know it's going to be trouble. I mean, can you imagine when you start to disallow folk from traveling freely? It'd be bad enough for most folk in a country where they have rights, etc., and getting back to what they said, how they're, they're drooling at what China did because China just says do it or else, and that's it. But you also have a massive problem in the West, too, of drug addicts in, in big areas and cities, and they're going to have to travel to start getting their drugs. They can't do without them. The system knows about that, too. They're, they're, they're building up to, to deal with all of that, too. So you, there will be trouble. There will be terrible trouble if, they, if this drags on, obviously. There's no doubt about it. Because they they can't just go a day or two days without them. That's interesting too. You've you've heard about the strange HIV inserts, as they call them, that have been attached to this particular virus, and how they're treating a lot of them in China with certain antiviral drugs. They're really developed for for AIDS and things. But one of them they're treating them with in China was developed in Cuba, apparently, and we're not using it here. I think it's be time to drop that and, and, and start producing it, mass producing it, if it helps them in China. But it's a 40-year-old Adam Castileo, 
has revealed to New York Times that he's the, the London patient, the only second person in the world that physicians believe has been cured of an HIV infection. For those who have followed this for a while, this kind of thing, the medical intervention that, that apparently cured both people is the same one. It's not widely applicable at this time. However, Castellejo's doctor first described the London patient last year at an HIV AIDS conference and Nature paper as well. At the time, no HIV had been detected in his blood for 18 months after a stem cell transplant to treat a life-threatening blood cancer. Now, I know there are ones that have tried it too, too, where they can take, um, they can produce stem cells and inject them into you uh, that really go after their particular type of um, disease, especially ones like HIV, where your T cells are, are really drastically knocked right out. Uh, so they can really... Um, so it'd be interesting to see, but it's interesting that they're giving some of them in some countries uh, anti-HIV uh, medications, isn't it? What do you think about it? And if this is so, it also means they can do this for anybody, wealthy elite, who can afford it too, because they won't give it to everybody on, on any national health system. Yeah, there are ways around uh, for people who are vulnerable indeed, if they can certainly afford it. And we know that, that I, I, we've all watched so many of them walking around still shaking hands with everybody. And and so many of them haven't come down with this thing. It's going to make you wonder what they're on, doesn't it? Is it just antivirals? What is it? It's going to be something. Another one, too, is I don't like the idea of uh, cars self-driving. It's, it's, it's my personal thing. You know? And I'm not too keen on electric cars either because it's part of the agenda. And you, you just... You'll never, you just can't go hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles on the thing without charging up. The, the batteries don't last long in the winter, don't, they don't charge well, or, or the high heat either. We know that, it doesn't matter what they're made of. But here they go with the car as a smart hub. Every, every innovation they make means you've got less and less control over something yourself. But authorities and government certainly will have control over them and even stop them or immobilize them remotely if they want to. That's why I don't like it in them too. So they want to make the cars an actual smart hub. A new generation of cars will help the EU achieve its Green New Deal targets. It's all to the environment. You don't believe that. On you go. Dream on, folks. Everything will be connected to it. Everything, you know. And you have no privacy. You already have no privacy, I suppose. Or very little, but why help them go the whole way? In that article, they survived the coronavirus, then they tested positive again. Why? It says here. It says that after weeks of confinement to their apartments because one person in the building had tested positive for coronavirus, they were throwing a party to celebrate his recovery and their release. It was February 24th, Mr. Wang, resident of Zizhou in Jiangsu province, appeared to have emerged victorious from a month-long battle with the illness. 65 residents of his building gathered downstairs to greet him with pink flowers and a cake with flamingo on it and a red banner, the red with strong neighborly feeling, we welcome you home. It says that three days later, though, he tested positive for the coronavirus again. He was re-hospitalized and his neighbors were locked down once more. And his current con- condition is unknown. They haven't really figured out. It could be, too, that the thing hadn't left him from the first time. Because these, these, a lot of these tests are not definitely accurate, you know. And so he may have had it in his system for long. But then again, some of these tests, some of tests the fragments of it. I mean, these, these viruses and so on break down into fragments as well. And if you're testing it in, in mucus, basically, or in the sinus, from a sinus test, it's a really nasty little thing in the sinus. It's like a feather they stick up. That's what it looks like. And it's got a little hook on the end, and it rips a little part of your lining away with whatever's on it. 
and uh, it really stings you. They can tell you, they, they turn off the lab to see if there's any of the virus on it. It's possible it's frag- fragments on the, on the thing, because they've admitted that too. You can test positive if you just have fragments of it. You may have had the, the, the virus, and now it's just the remains of bits and pieces of, of uh, viruses that they're finding with the test. Or maybe, maybe, as I say, it could be, maybe it's not f- gone full-blown yet. S- occasionally, there's, there's, there's patients, they, they say, that haven't shown symptoms for well over a month. Huh? There was even one article that says 35 days for some, you know, like the occasional person here or there. So let's hope we just don't constantly get this sort of thing over and over again. We should build up an immunity once you're over it with, with any luck at all. So anyway, this is the stuff they want to encounter coming out of China, <laughs> China and Russia. This is I don't see Russia putting in it at all, but uh, that, that's that's what's come out too. That was the LA Times, by the way, that article. I guess I'll have to hammer the LA Times to put out disinformation if they don't like it. And another one too, to help stem uh, spread of coronavirus, Trump must lift sanctions on Iran. Because Iraners, they're dying because they have no medication. A lot of folk are hungry, they're, they're malnourished, just like Iraq was too, where half a million died by starvation and sanctions. And they're doing the same thing there, really, you know. Because uh, wars don't stop, isn't it amazing? Wars don't stop when, when terrible deaths occur. The agenda must continue. It's rather disgusting, isn't it? It really is disgusting. That's what I think, you know, it's my personal opinion. But I'm not, I, I try not to get depressed because humanity and power is, is pretty disgusting when you look at it. And there's always, there's always another group would come up, but it wouldn't make no difference who they are, uh, who, who, who eventually takes over and wants to get up the ladder. All cultures have the same psychopaths. Uh, every single culture, every, every people across the planet have them. And even the ones who want to do good end up being tyrants. This is a sad part too. It's so easy to see all the, all the right things to help folk, but in reality, these deceivers can get up the top and uh, bring a kind of a, a, a new type of uh, Bolshevik hell down on you, and uh, and wipe out. Don't forget the Bolshevs talked about that. They talked about wiping a a whole a whole class of people. That was Trotsky's boast as well. We have eliminated a whole class of people. Millions and millions of people were slaughtered. Huh? And once they wiped out that class, it didn't stop. They never do, just like the French Revolution. They, they start looking for other targets until everyone's getting slaughtered. That's a trait of humanity that unfortunately is very unfortunate. And, but now they're, they're all, the real ones are up there behind behind degrees, a multitude of degrees and, 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 and titles of expert this and, and we're, we're titles of world leaders and things like that. That's who he is. Also, too, as we all know, that you've got problems. We've got problems with these uh, immune attacks, your immune response to these viruses that can end up being, causing problems. And uh, you have the cytokine storms, as you call it, and that, that's your body retaliating, trying their best to kill this thing off. But unfortunately, in the process, it can go overboard and end up killing you off. Not the virus itself, but your response to it. Rather sad. But it's interesting, this, this virus, like all viruses, have got, there's always a receptor in, in your system, you see, that it zones in on. And this one is no different. And some peoples, they say, have more of these particular receptor cells than others. So, some some groups uh, definitely have it um, more 
so it can get it in and cause more problems than, say, people in the West, as an example. But they're trying to hush everything up as well because we're supposed to be equally vulnerable, they say. But there's very few diseases, actually, that are equally vulnerable across the world. We all have different genetic backgrounds and, and traits through the genes and so on, which makes us sometimes more or less prone to certain diseases that other folk are not. I think all of the Western society have problems with their immune systems and have for quite a long time. There's no doubt about that. With uh, I can remember the bubble boy in the 1960s who was one of the first recorded ones who literally was allergic to everything. He had to be kept in an artificial environment because just a simple allergen would kill him, you know. And it's got worse and worse since then. You never heard of peanut allergies until, until the 1970s, 80s actually. So we're, we're, something's attacking the immune system And you can all battle away with what you want to say Or sometimes it's best to just know it and nod to each other Because you're not allowed to say things But that's the way it is, isn't it? Another article that says that, that COVID Sometimes they're calling it like a SARS-2 type thing Believing that it's like a uh, It's really like a, a, the base is a SARS virus uh, With everything added on to it in a sense But uh, some of them are calling it SARS-CoV-2 this respiratory syndrome coronavirus. It's hard to tell because they, they keep playing with terms, etc. But there's no doubt about it. It's, 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 it's kind of similar in some ways. It's, it's a base to build on, you might say. And some of these viruses are definitely built on. And they know that too. And it's, not, it's, it's wrong right now to point fingers. The whole point is to get through this without having another war on top of it. Because dealing with it is more important and getting through this is more important. And we've got to start looking at life a bit differently because things like all come down fast. When government, that you think, is, is just screws up, they don't screw up. When things just happen in the world, it's meant to happen. It's planned that way. So never fall for it all. They just were stupid. No, some was planned, it's meant to happen that way. And when government gets rolling, it really becomes your fearful master, right? Fearful master. Because when they take the power and for terrified, the, the people allow them to do terrible things. To save you all, they'll do terrible things, right? <laughs> so never forget that. Never, ever forget that. It's a, it's a rather dangerous time. And you can't really talk about things too much or too deeply. Because it's not going to be tolerated now. And you'll be lifted or banned or even imprisoned as some kind of subversive. That came out too at the... At the uh, the big planning stage, the, the tabletop planning stage with all the experts involved uh, the, uh, from uh, Hopkins the University in the States with Bill Gates Foundation working with them. And, uh, they, yeah, they, literally they, they'll imprison you if, if need be or, you know, <laughs> whatever it takes. Hmm? It's a wartime situation. And in the wartime, they lock folk up for saying things they don't. We don't believe in this war, but that's you locked up, you know. Or if you say that you've got people in your own governments or traitors or, or, or bringing this war on for those reasons, then you're locked up for that too. They've got carte blanche authority, you see, during this martial law type scenarios. The whole point is stick together to as much as you can. Don't start losing your temper with each other. If you get locked down, especially, don't go into some kind of cabin fever with those that are around you. You have to learn to be to let give and take a bit more than you normally do and help each other out as best you can because we're going to go through it one way or another. There's no doubt about it. 
and we we got to get along. And and the the better people who might need your help too during these times don't don't go paranoid and say yeah if you have to get food to someone or whatever it takes you can always take it in a box and leave it uh, a, a distance from their door or something let them know you're coming and you you can sp- spray the darn thing with some some disinfectant if need be or even even just water and a little, a little bit of bleach not much bleach in a spray and spray the darn thing. And you'll be, should be okay. Things like, but you've got to start helping each other if things get truly bad. And that's the way it is. If you lose your humanity in the process, then you're happy because that gives them the right to lose what they would say is humanity and use it on you. Think about that too. When you lose your humanity and society starts breaking down, uh, then folk go, go nuts and you have more brew and everything else. And, and that will get dealt with. Uh, and if people come down, then the tr- the, who are troops or, or, or the police or whatever, and say, they've all got provisions for that too, them coming down too, then uh, it will be hell to pay, absolutely hell to pay, no doubt about it. And they become more ruthless if that happens. Eh? So as I say in Scotland, keep the heed, keep the heed, just keep your head, and, and don't, don't go nuts as we go through all this. Just to finish off, to see, I'm, I'm not this, this making this kind of thing up on uh, that eugenic types and bioethicists and, and uh, functionality and efficiency of the of the gender. Right? Coronavirus could be quite useful in killing off National Health Service bed blockers, says ex-official Professor June Andrews admitted her comments sounded horrific, but insisted they were an honest assessment for the consequences of a pandemic in the UK. The former director of the Scottish Government Centre for Change, well, interesting, Centre for Change, remember, change is good, this is a century of change for a whole bunch of things. <laughs> change and innovation was speaking at Holyrood's public audit committees when she made the controversial comments, that's like their parliament system there. Hollywood. According to the Herald, she said, if you're on the board of a care home company, a pandemic is one of the things you think about as a potential damage to your business because of the, of the number of older people that's going to take out of the system. Curiously, ripping off the sticking plaster in a hospital that has 92 delayed discharges, delayed discharges, a pandemic would be quite useful because your hospital would work because these people would be taken out of the system, meaning they'd be killed off, folks, eh? That sounds like it's a horrific thing, but it's the case that somehow or other we've we've put people in the wrong places by not having the kind of strategic views. You see the language of strategic views that we should have. That means that politicians who don't want to think about bad things before the election need to think about putting income tax up even higher in order to pay for more care in care homes, and they need to think about whether they reinstate geriatric hospitals. So in other words, he's your government, it's not your government anyway, but she's part of this elitist thing. Yeah, we, you know, there's them and us, I think, them and us, you know, and they're the wise ones, we're the scientific group that see things clearly without emotions. We want to be efficient here. Come on, you just got to do the right thing and just let people die off and kill them off and so on. Here you have it right in your face, and they wonder why folk are getting panicky. In the times of euthanasia in the hospitals, folks, when you toss out, and it's not me that said it, it was a doctor 100 years ago who said this, when you throw out the right for the human being to be treated in hospital as a full human being, he says, when it's tossed out the window, he says, hell will follow. Another one, two coronavirus victims to be immediately buried without funeral service. Just like, you see, they're taking a little cues from China. 
It's efficient. This is the way you deal with it. Yeah, and this is from Ireland, you know. Irish Association of Funeral Directors has distributed a list of radical recommendations in the event of COVID-19 related deaths. Because the government's working with them, you see. Yeah. There you go. And then, uh, what is boomer remover and why is it making people so angry? Well, it's making angry because you're stirring it up to make it angry, you see. So the terms appeared more than 65,000 tweets and references. The higher mortality rate amongst older people. That's all you're hearing now. It's okay. You know, it's just older folk. Yeah. Like, like that's a different species, like the zombie movies. What do you think they were all for, the zombie movies? Eh? What do you think they were for? To dehumanize the next target. That's what you do in warfare. Older people infected with the COVID-19, particularly among people over 60, including the boomer baby age. The boomer baby age. We never had a, people having babies before that. Cohort approximately between the ages of 56 and 74. Hmm. It's most often touted by teenagers with adults then sharing the term on social media as in this early viral example of the trend. And it did. Hmm. Doctors treating coronavirus told to discriminate against elderly patients. They will be left to die. Says you, that's bioethics. Well, you know, just, yeah, this, 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 this he's a nobody. Because, I don't know, I gave talks years ago on the same thing, where they, they have you listed as according to your status in society. No, it's not just your age, your status and, and community. Are you necessary? You're in a horror show, and it should never have been got to this stage. But it did, as it told you to play, and it trained you to start to accept euthanasia, etc., etc., etc. That's it, folks. I'm telling you. Hell is coming down. So as we go through this, remember, if you have a few friends, make sure you all keep in touch every day. And if anyone's on their own, or even if they're, if they're elderly and a couple, still keep phoning up set times of the day to check in, or, or the evening or whatever it is, and to help each other out. Because that's what you... Don't look for government to help you. Don't, don't do it. And if you're older, it's true, you'll need your friends more than anything else. And you can help each other out as best as you can, as they say. There's ways to do things, and even supplying a bit of food here and there, whatever it takes uh, during during this whole scenario. But uh, don't don't expect government. Government gives out nothing, especially in these scenarios, uh, for not for, for free. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a ration card, maybe, or an ID card for your area where you can travel to, how far you can go, and what days you can go out to, to a store or something and back again. But uh, government will take a, uh, There's no doubt about it uh, As he said, just after 9-11 That's what rang out then It'll never be the same again from the CFR And we heard the same thing again with this one from the CFR It'll never be the same again This is meant to achieve far, far more Than they're letting on at the moment But take care of each other Because as I say It's an imperative natural duty To, to ourselves To keep your humanity From myself, Alan Watt, here, Canada it's good night. May your God or your God's go with you.